is going on everybody out there all of you buttes and beauties it is episode number 105 of hat trick hockey which is always brought to you by our good friends over at gl heritage the official beer of hat trick hockey if you like my sweet hoodie right here you just smash the link on the post it'll bring you straight into our hgh store where you can get all of your sweet hth merch Welcome to the show. As always, every week, my boy, my line mate, Rob. What what shirt is that? Slim Pickerel. Where did you get that? So uh, a good friend of ours. Um, um, his 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 wife plays on uh, Missy's team. Uh, he's in a band. Okay. Slim Slim Pickerel. So uh, they're going to be at the uh, Peacock in december Sweet. but they play all around like and i i'm sure I, i'm pretty sure they have a a website you know you like uh look up some pickerel or uh, facebook it's on there yeah. it's all over the place like so i i got this shirt for free Sweet. thanks Shana. yeah that's a nice shirt it is Dude, what it what, is. what have you been up to it feels like we haven't fucking talked in forever bro be oh, man so I, I got to give a couple of uh, birthday shout outs. Yeah. Uh, my brother, Kenny. Total butte. Yeah. August 6th. So we're what the fourth today. So Saturday we got a big, uh, we got a big golf game planned. Uh, oh, me, boy. Kenny, Chicky, um, uh, Sean Obide. Yeah, all it's just the four of us. Yeah, that's all, all he could get for you know, like what a what a bunch of losers he hangs around with. Like, I can't believe it. Like, how like, old I, is I, he I, now? Uh thirty-five. Oh, okay, so he's uh I want to say years younger than me. I want to say thirty-five. Yeah, it could okay. be thirty-four, but I think it's a big three-five. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, and then um so we we went out um, Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Monday. We went out to uh, Bellevue, and I brought Jack out and uh, Doug. Fuck you, Doug. Yeah. Um, and uh, Luke and we we went out and uh, guess who was the ranger? Who? Donnie McDermott. Come on. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> and That's we showed hilarious. up a. Maybe a little bit late, like yeah. not like within four or five minutes. Yeah. But Donnie runs a tight ship, eh? And he's Fucking like, right. boys, I'm three ahead of you. And he's like, and if you're going to do this at any other time, don't do it on Monday, Thursday, or Tuesday. Because that's the those are the days that I work. I was just gonna say, so those are the days that he worked. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. Like I was, I was in tears, and I'm like, "So Donnie, at least you can't cut us." And he's like, "But I got gloves." <laughs> oh, that's yeah, funny. he's got his driving gloves. So it was pretty awesome. Like we had a great round, and uh, we had a whole bunch of fun. That like, oh, but I do have to tell you one story. So I go into. Uh, the woodcraft mm-hmm. and uh me and misty me and misty going to the woodcraft we sit down against the wall and uh this guy with this big long table like before where the band plays 
uh, he turns around and he's like, hot trick hockey. And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm like, Hey, what's up? He's like, Oh, me and my son listen to you all the time. I'm like, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Just get recognized. I wasn't wearing any gear. I wasn't wearing anything. They just knew who I was. And it, it, it was pretty, it was pretty special. I, we got to talk to the dad. And I, he told me his name and you know how I am with names. Like it could have been Carlo Kuliakimo, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't, mm-hmm. but it was awesome. It was so, it was, it was such a pleasure meeting uh, fans of the show. And, and uh, I, I, I just had a humble brag. Oh, and it was Katie Obide's birthday that night. So yeah, we kind of got after it. So happy birthday, Katie. Katie Obide and uh, Kenny Sawyer. And on August 9th, my mom and my uncle, they'll be celebrating their birthdays as well. So happy birthday, mom and uncle Larry. They're they're awesome. Our twins. So, but he lives up north. So can I get, can I say one more? Shoot it. Uh, Today is mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just want to wish you a heavenly birthday, Ma. Mm-hmm. We're thinking of you. We're thinking I love you. And I think about you every day. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Let's um, go. Hey, how did you golf that day? Oh, darts. Darts, bro. Me and, me and fuck you, Doug. We are, <laughs> or, or no, now, now, so. Uh, Doug's, Doug's on the team for, uh, the seven tournament. Yeah. So we want to go FUD. <laughs> we, we want, we want Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we want to have, uh, HGH on. Oh, so wow. we're, we're, Amanda, I'm sure is going to yeah. make up us, uh, a couple of shirts. So, That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So it, it, everything's going to be, who do you fun. have for that? I have, uh, Billy. Uh, former spot. Uh, what do you producer call it? Uh, producer, yeah. former, former Billy producer. I have uh, uh, Doug. Fuck I you, Doug. have Kenny Sylvester. Okay, so you, so you have the same team. Same team. Yeah. So yeah, I have me. Chris yeah, Miller, I don't, I don't quit my boys. I don't quit my boys. Rob, we just we haven't we haven't heard from Rob so. And then Woody just golfed with us, so Woody's gonna hop in with us too. So, dude, I've been fucking just loving, loving golf this year. Like I am having a fucking fantastic time playing. I just traded in a few clubs and everything, a few clubs that I don't really use. I were just kind of laying around and shit. I traded them into this one site, which I'm not gonna say because I'm not giving them a free fucking thing because they're a big place, but. Anyway, so I sent in some clubs or whatever, and I, I ended up where I got a new driver. So I went to this is hit it straight? today. No? It does because it's offset. So it takes away that fucking slice to the right. Right? So it takes that away. And I was hitting it today just pin straight. I was like, thank God. And you don't have to swing it hard. You just have to be smooth. Yep. And it's just, everything's dead straight. I was just like, oh, I could get used to awesome. this. Like, finally, finally. So it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good, but I've been off. We've just been hanging out with the kids. I was laid off this week. We're going back next week, I guess. I'm on days, but, which is good for who knows how long we'll be back, right? Everybody's, I get messages and shit all the time. People like, oh, like, are we working next week? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's, they're kind of doing a week to week basis. 
type deal with it right now. Right. So it's kind of sucks, but yeah. So the hockey world is obviously slow. Um, I seen that one guy from the Flames sign, no Majiapani or whatever. Is that how you say it? Yeah. So I know he signed. He signed like a three or four year deal. I didn't get the what he's making AAV, but I did see that one. But other than that, I haven't really seen too much of you. Yes. Anything? I just, I just saw one. Anything uh, that rings a bell? Yeah, I actually. Uh, fuck, I read all about it too today. Uh, but I've been drinking heavily, <laughs> so um, no, it was. Uh, oh, I know. it was the Cadre thing. It was the Cadre thing. It was about oh, uh, him going to the island. No, no, uh-huh. I I don't think he's going to the island. I think he's waiting for uh colorado to figure their shit out and uh they'll go from there but there was a there was another one that was uh before we like kind of move on from that um from the cadre thing Mm -hmm. i don't know what makes me think that it might be long island there is because it's lou sweet lou and lou doesn't like anything in the press it's been too quiet Who's a son of a bitch, right? And, but he doesn't like anything in the press, right? No. So with him not liking anything in the press, and think about how quiet it's been lately on that Pete. whole thing, right? So yeah, that's what sure. makes me think, too. Like, is he, is Sweet Lou behind the fucking... I think it's going to be either back in Colorado or he's going to the Islanders. I think it's going to be one of those two. I don't care what they say about... They've said the Red Wings. They've said this. They've said that. It's not going to be Detroit. I don't think he's going to go to Detroit. But... So- I think I think I got something here. Uh like so I had the by the way, for Wings fans, they still have to sign Larkin and they still have to sign Burt. So I can't really see there being cap room for Nazem Kadri. <clears throat> Excuse me. Did did the abs head coach step down? I'm not sure. I didn't see anything on it. Mm-hmm. Is it recent fresh news hot yeah. off the press? Yeah. Like. No, huh. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's, it's the, uh, it's the um, Chatham Maroons. Steps down as head coach and gets bumped to general manager. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty good. Sweet. Yeah. Is there any, anything else really or no? No, that's it. So we got my boy from Harrow, Chris Leeming, talk on the pod. He played in Oshawa Junior. He played everywhere around. But before we go to that, this interview is brought to you by Mr. Pooper Scooper. If poop is a pain in your grass, these are the guys that you're going to want to talk to. They use all everything that they use spraying whatever they use it's all friendly it's all safe for your pets safe for your kids safe for everybody these guys are amazing they do incredible work they leave they will leave your yard spick and span jeremy and jeff are the two guys that do it and they are phenomenal they're all over social like media too dad jokes uh stuff like that they're incredible guys they do a great service as well so 
if you guys i think rates start around 14 or 15 dollars a dog so it's pretty good so check them out at mr either they're they're everywhere they're on instagram facebook they're everywhere check them out so until then we'll go to our our interview here with chris rob and i are going to sign off we'll talk to you guys next week enjoy the interview everybody and chris leaming roll it don't This episode of Hat Trick Hockey is brought to you by Mike McDonald at Allstate Insurance. Mike has been in the insurance biz for about five years or more. He's and not only is it home insurance, auto insurance, there's also life insurance, travel insurance. He has everything. Boat, ATV, RV, motorcycle, even pet. You name it. Mike is your guy for all of your insurance needs. If you ever need to get in touch with Mike, you can contact him at 226-774-0308. Well, this next cat we have on here is one of my Harold boys, where he obviously grew up playing his minor hockey, went on to the uh, AAA system where he played with the Sun County Panthers. And then he had stops in junior and uh, Bowmanville, Oshawa Generals, where he played in the O for a little bit, spent about three seasons with the LaSalle Vipers. You can now actually catch him in his, well, not new coaching role, as he's been there for five years at, with the old old college Broncos. Let's welcome to the show my boy, Chris Leeming. Chris, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Dan, Rob, good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Dude, how's life out west? Like, how long have you been out there? Uh, this fall will be year six. Um, kind of how I ended up here. I, I graduated uh, from university. I had a... Sorry about that, a, Chris. <laughs> I think all the beers out of my fridge are, are gone, so I'm sitting here <laughs> drinking bubblies. <laughs> um the boobly yeah, so i graduated from, yeah the boobly's um i graduated from the university of windsor with a bachelor of education and i was kind of looking for a teaching or a coaching job because i'd been coach coaching for about seven years at that point and uh an opportunity came up there was a posting for for olds college out here and i didn't really know what it was to be honest with you but it was a full-time uh gig and so i threw my name in for it and then i got a over the phone interview and then they flew me out here for uh an in-person interview the next day they offered me the job and then I kind of packed up my stuff and had to sell my Ford Focus because I couldn't really transport much of my life out here and that <laughs> I ended up buying a truck so I could fit in in Alberta um great car though yeah car. yeah manual <laughs> five speed you could tuck that baby anywhere, anywhere. Um, but uh yeah so it's like I said it's going on uh year six out here for me it's definitely a different lifestyle um don't want to get into politics and all that stuff but it's a little bit it's, things are managed a little bit differently out here um you know we're better or worse there's more freedom out here let's just put it that way I like <laughs> it I like it oh well, yeah yeah I'm not going to get into all the COVID stuff but there was it was a lot less um strenuous than it was in Ontario but oh, yeah. uh um brutal yeah, I mean, I, I like where I'm at. We're, we're, I live in a town of about 10,000 people right now. So uh, it's kind of like a happy medium between Harrow and Kingsville. Um, mm. We're about we're just an hour north of, of Calgary and then another hour west of the mountains. So we can get to Banff in about two hours. So, you know, in, in the five years we've been out here, we've, we've done quite a bit of travel out here. We've gone to Jasper. We've gone through the, the Rocky Mountains and it's pretty sweet. I got to say, like, there's hikes you can do everywhere. And 
um, it's pretty incredible. Like I, you know, there's not lakes like, you know, Lake Erie, you know, the great lakes that we have back there where you can't see the other side of it. You can see the other side of most of the lakes out here, but yeah. just the scenery, the hikes, man, you get on top of the mountains. There's a couple, you can look down on Lake Louise. It's, it's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Can you All swim in those lakes, Chris? Yeah. If it's really frigid though. Yeah. But not, not like these lakes. So like you either have the E. coli or, or you can just freeze your balls off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's always like the Seinfeld quote, like a frightened turtle. <laughs> screaming so it's uh but no it's uh, it's pretty cool it's it's pretty I keep awesome saying we who's we uh my wife and i uh actually just got married um i was just gonna congratulations. say congratulations congrats thanks yeah it was pretty sweet we ended up yeah Never? yeah no i'm happy it's it's a good thing so, <laughs> good for you good for um, you we've uh yeah we got married and we ended up doing it in canmore canmore is about 15 minutes uh before you get to banff so uh, original plan was to do it at Sprucewood uh, Winery and in, 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 uh, in just out in Colchester there. And with everything COVID related, I guess I said I wasn't going to talk about it. And here I am, yeah. but uh, it kind of we just weren't we weren't comfortable with it with with that. And you know we didn't want to have a mask seated wedding, no dancing, no party kind of right. thing. So that's kind of I guess where the the benefit of Alberta came in, where they didn't have as strict guidelines. So we just went ahead and shifted gears and ended up having it on a Monday. Uh, we had a smaller venue. We had like thirty people come. Uh, just a wedding party immediate family and and it went really well like the the backdrop we we did have a brand new hotel it was just built I think two or three years ago that the Malcolm Hotel uh, looks onto the three sisters parkway like the backdrop from our photos I haven't seen them yet but it just being in that room is pretty incredible and um, you know being surrounded (laughs) show you when you need to see them yeah exactly (laughs) we've got the teaser photos but we haven't seen the whole you know the whole shebang yet yeah yeah that's awesome Chris congratulations Thanks. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Hey, you're a 1990, right? Correct. Yeah. So who did you like, who was all on like your squads growing up? Cause you always played like travel out in Harrow. I know because you guys would always play a game or two ahead of us. Yeah. Right. Cause you guys are so young. All the home games Friday yeah. nights. Right. Yeah, so you guys would always be a few games ahead of us. So who w- were like you with uh, guys, my age, Mike Houston, Huey, yeah. he was my best man, actually. Uh, like Chad McDonald, Herdman, uh, like Bazaire. Um, Which Bazaire? There's eight billion. Brandon. Brandon, Brandon Bazaire. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I grew up with Brandon. And uh, what a beauty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. Sure working out today. So awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, just those guys like Justin Huffman, uh, like like Clifford, like all those guys, Eric Sinisak, like those, those are the boys I grew up with. Um, we had a pretty athletic age group. Um, you know, gym class was always fun because no matter what sport we played, we had a lot of athletic guys and it was always competitive. So I think that kind of contributed to, you know, all the athletes, the guys that kept playing sports, you know, into their, into their, you know, older years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Soccer's a beauty. I, uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, did you guys end up, end up winning anything growing up? Did, did uh hockey wise the, yeah one year uh flip it was my first year flip phantom cup. flip cup yeah won a lot of those <laughs> they're all good at that <laughs> trust me yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, i know play. i played them in uh softball when they <laughs> yeah. had the league out there oh yeah. i know i know who all they are oh yeah yeah um hockey wise i never we, we made it to the finals one year in bantam when it was first year so i would have been playing with the, all the guys a year older than me like mike mcdonald josh huffman okay yeah. um, like that crew we went to the finals one year we ended up playing campbellford in, in the finals and like it was like 
I don't know how we played them, a town of 3,000 people. We went rolled in, they had like a bridge in their city and a hospital, and it was like playing against like Leamington or or like Tecumseh or something. I'm like, this didn't seem fair. But um, and anyways, that's that in terms of hockey, we didn't, but we we won a lot of OBA championships. We played that whole group played baseball for a lot of years together too. And um, you know, that was a lot of fun. I played until you know, senior ball. I played, I think, senior for about three or four years. And then I just kind of got too busy and priorities changed a bit and I uh, kind of stepped away. I miss it every summer. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, I think we won quite a few OBA championships. That was pretty fun. That was a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, I, was say, small I, know, town. I know you guys have done a bunch of that. Yeah. Um. So, so the, the name Lemmy, did, did it, did it come after the Motorhead singer? I don't think so. Um, honestly, you're gonna have I, to talk I, to your pop about this one. Yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, he's got a couple generations on me. Um, so yeah, the my last name's Leeming. It's pronounced with two e's, right? And some people always say Lemming. And my dad was nicknamed Lem, so uh, that's kind of what uh, I, I inherited that name, I guess, just because being his son, I guess. Well, if, um, if your dad was called Lem, then I'm sure yeah. that's what it was from. Yeah, yeah. And well, what's my crazy? Older brother, yeah. What's nuts too is I actually grew up playing with his older brother there, Corey. And yeah. every town we went into, and like Chris said when we were off the air, every town we went into, they always said it lemming. Like there yeah. was always like <laughs> like like you were saying, like there's two E's, you know what I mean? But every town, Rob, every single town said So it so like, do you want to pronounce it properly then? <laughs> so everybody gets a just of it? Leeming, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Oh, so you, I remember fun. watching you play, Ant. You, you played with Moose. Moose would be a big truck out there and just send yeah. a message. We used boy. to just let him skate, and I would skate right with the puck. He would he would skate in front, and I would skate behind him, and he'd clear me a path. Man, he was yeah. he's a big boy, <laughs> like the fucking mighty ducks. He's uh yeah. he's just uh, guys would run at him, dude, and they would just bounce off of him. Who's he was Moose? Such a big kid. My older brother. Corey. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I didn't realize his name was. Uh, yeah, he's a large lad. I remember Corey. We were playing high school. I think it was my senior year. I want to say, and uh, we were playing Essex. I think, and this kid did something to him, and he chopped him down like a tree. Got a got a <laughs> got a five minute major kicked out of the game. I mean, he slashed his kid so hard. I never heard a kid scream like that. But he yeah. chopped him, and I was just like. I thought it was weird because that's kind of out of Corey's game type deal. Like not, yeah. doesn't really, not really what he does. I'm like, man, you had to have pissed him off in order for him to slash you like that. Yeah. I think him and Cody have a little bit of a more fiery attitude than me. I might have skipped the generation here, but. Uh... <laughs> and you're the like smaller one out of the three, aren't you? And you're a big boy yourself. No, I'm actually the tallest. I'm six, two. Are they're, you? But they're more them. like this, aren't they? Like Corey like, is. Corey's a big the- boy. Cody's built a little bit more like me. He's a little bit skinnier, leaner. Yeah. Oh man, Jesus. Hey, but so Cody, Missouri, Cody was a greasy hockey player, and I can't wait till till he hears me say that. <laughs> there yeah. you go, Cody. He's gunning for you. Um. <laughs> so, how old were you when you went to Bowmanville? What was your like? How was that squad there? So that's uh, that's the OJHL. So that's the the tier two junior A league up in. They don't really have any of the teams down our way in, in southwestern Ontario. So um, I'll backtrack just a little bit there. I would I would have been seventeen when I went there, but I played played Sun County, like you had mentioned there. Um, I broke my collarbone in November during my draft year, so I didn't play again until 
like May. And so I missed the rest of the season. I missed a lot of the, the big scouting tournaments, like the Marley's tournament. Uh, I didn't play again until under 17 camp. And I guess I played on adrenaline the whole weekend because I got selected as uh, an alternate to go to the team Ontario camp. Um, and just because I missed so much time, actually, like there was a lot of teams that had already picked their 16 year olds um, and I didn't have a place to play. So I went to, uh, I went back and played midget major triple A in for uh, the Spitfires organization. Um, and then halfway through the year, Tater, Sean Marantate was coaching the Comets and, and he kind of connected with me and I played the, the second half with them. So, you know, being 16, being able to play, that's kind of what I needed to do, right? I need to play against older guys, get a little bit of junior experience before mm -hmm. moving on. Obviously, I was hoping to get to the OHL at some point after being drafted by Oshawa and Bowmanville was their, their affiliate team. So that's kind of how I ended up there the following season. I went to the Jens camp and um, they just said, you know, you, you kind of missed a big chunk of development here. So we, we want to keep you close. We, you know, there's, there's some intangibles about your game that we like, and uh, we want to just keep you around and, you know, kind of help facilitate your development a little bit. So that was, that was Bowmanville was about 20 minutes past Oshawa. So, you know, I got to go skate with them a number of times throughout the year. And, but uh, that was a lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun in Bowmanville. I, I lived, uh, I got to billet with uh, a guy that was from Bowmanville, grew up there and ended up on the team. So, uh, you know, networked, networking was easy. Like he knew everybody. I got to meet everyone in the community and uh, I still keep in touch with him. So he's, his name's also Chris. Mm. Um, yeah, like it's just, you know, you, you meet a lot of people in the hockey world and the hockey world's pretty small, but uh, you know, that, that was something pretty cool for me. And, you know, I keep in touch with his parents and then whatnot. So they're, they're, they're awesome people. I'm very grateful to have that, uh, you know, the opportunity to live with someone locally like that. No, mm -hmm. no, Chris, can we, can we go back to uh, Marantet uh, being the coach of Kingsville and you getting to have a little stint there with him? What was he like as a coach? Tater. He was, he's high energy he could get wound up he's fun uh and obviously i had known him right because you know harrow and like like i said mike houston's one of is my best friend my was my best man at my wedding he worked at laser art for a lot of years so i'd always drop in there and hang out for a bit and shoot the shit with tater and uh you know we always talk talkie and now we're know, talking about sean right yeah yeah it's not mary tate yeah okay yeah just to make everybody clear because there's a lot of people that listen to the show that might be from essex that know who sean is and yeah. you know what i mean like Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I've known him as a lot of nicknames, but Tater wasn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the most appropriate nickname. You've heard <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best one we could say on uh, yeah. podcast. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was good. He was great. And obviously, you know, we, he reached out and wanted to help. A, I'm grateful for that, right? He, he wanted to help a local guy out. And there's been a string of Harrow guys that have kind of gone through that, that Kings organization. Uh, I know Purse played there a couple of years after me. Uh, I think Jamie Clee played there for a year yeah. or two, didn't he, when he was younger? Yeah, so um, that was awesome. It was a pretty cool experience. And being a 16-year-old, you get that first experience against playing against older guys, stronger guys. It kind of took a little bit of a – it was a transition period for sure, but it, it was a lot of fun, right? Like, that's what I wanted to do. I needed to get experience playing against older, stronger guys. Right. Hey. And, and then you had that awesome opportunity to do it with somebody that you were comfortable with and, uh, you know, uh, push it to the next level. Yeah, exactly. And, and at that time, uh, Dylan Deslip was on the team too. So we carpooled from Harrow all the time. We got to play, play together. So that was a lot of fun. Awesome. Junior ski is a lot of fun. Let's put it yeah. that way. <laughs> but, but see, that's, that's the crazy thing that I don't like about the uh, hockey DB and whatever is, is because they don't put the junior C in there. And that's, 
that's where most of your junior A or junior B, you know, come from where they, they get their start, you know, like you, you get your uh, Sun County and then, you know, you either go C, B, A, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think I was thinking about it the other day when, when Ant contacted me, I, I'm, I got to play every level of junior. Like I played C, B, tier two junior A and then OHL. So I kind of touched That's them all awesome. a little bit. Yeah. So, so Rob, you took, you took, uh, what are the scenic route? Yes. Right. I went, yeah, C junior tier two. And then I played a little, like I was up with, uh, the gens. I had concussion problems. That's kind of how everything came uh, to an end for me in my playing career. And that's how I got into coaching. So mm-hmm. who, who, who was your, um, who was your, uh, coach at, at the Sun County? Uh, first year I had Kevin McIntosh, actually, the, he's a local guy. He was from Harrow. He's, yeah. um, actually Brandon's father-in-law, right? Uh, his Brandon's wife, Amy, that's, that's her dad. So, mm-hmm. um, again, okay. just small world, right? Like, you know, I, yeah. I kind of grew up with Brandon was always hanging out there and I'd, I'd see Kevin all the time. And then all of a sudden he was coaching me in, in AAA the one year. And then he was actually our general manager in, in LaSalle for the, for the Vipers. So yeah, he knows the shit. (laughs) Hey, when you went into the, um, you said you went into a a uh, camp in Oshawa, right? Yeah, yeah, I was drafted by the Oshawa Generals. So what kind of guys were in that camp? I know you had uh, you had a couple NHLers that are now that are now in the NHL that were in that camp, correct? Yeah, I'd say the most notable one was John Tavares. He was the he was the man. He got the he got exceptional status and then a couple of years later I, w- I was there in the stands mind you watching the game uh when he broke the ohl scoring record um it was it was pretty cool to just see that guy on a daily basis right like just to practice against him watch his hands and just see his demeanor and how he how he prepared and um you know and it it's tough in junior hockey, right? Like there's some guys that are super serious and some guys that are there for a good time, but they're good at hockey. Right. So, and I, I really, you know, admired the fact that he was able to just keep himself separated. And, and I mean, he separated himself in a number of ways, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, just every day, that guy was just prepared way more prepared than everybody every single day for every single thing that we did as a group. And, and it was just, it was something to, you know, learn from for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Cause you had uh Delzato was there too, right? Guess who else was in that camp? Dale Mitchell. Dale Mitchell. Yeah, I do my I do my research. Justin yeah. Shug is I that, do my research. So that's what Jugger, yeah. so that's what you just looked at on your phone? No, I yeah, because yeah, I took a screenshot of <laughs> because I couldn't remember which one because he played with Anthony Iaquina too. Yes, he did. Yeah. And LaSalle, I believe you did. Don't call me out on this shit. I actually <laughs> I I, I missed I actually missed the Iaquina's time there. I didn't oh, actually did play with him. I know Quinn, but I never actually played with him. Yeah, I think he went back to well, Lakeshore or Bell River after when I when I by the time I came back. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we were on the same. We were with LaSalle the same year, but he went back. I'm pretty sure is what happened. So I never actually played with Quinner. Did you ever get to play any games in Windsor? Like I know you only got a few games up there in the O, but did you get to play in Windsor at all? No, I never actually got to play there. Um, once to, uh, I was, I came back and I, I got to ride the bus all the way down to Windsor to sit at the <laughs> sit in the stands and watch the, uh, watch them play the barn and had some friends and family come out and got to catch up with them because I'd been gone for a few months at that point but I uh, never actually got to play in Windsor unfortunately. 
What, so what was it like playing with uh, Dale Mitchell? What, what kind of hockey player was he like? He was chippy, hard nosed, really skilled. Like he was just a grinder, eh? A, yeah, a tough guy to play against. Guy you want on your team that you hate to play against, essentially, right? And he was pretty vocal. He was high energy. Like he was, yeah. So that guy would score monstrous goals too. Yeah. He's the dirtiest mustache yeah. probably in coaching yeah. right now. <laughs> he had that at 16 too, actually. In <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I can see that. Because we love him. We love him on the show. Like he, he's a uh, Leamington coach and and we, we, we've had him on the show a couple of times and I go out and watch uh, Leamington games and, you know, they're, they're always feeding me pasta and chicken parm, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I just squeeze in there every once in a while. So. Yeah, no, I like Mitchie. He was a pretty he was, great he guy. Nice to be there. He was good to be there. I mean, and they I got uh, Mark Mark uh, ride out too with them. Yeah. Uh, he's a assistant he's a coach. Boy. He's a tough <laughs> yep. guy. Yeah, but he was he was telling us we, we had him on the podcast and he was telling us about uh, going over to Detroit, going to the the Cronk's gym and learning how to box like in that era, so he could learn how to fight. Mm-hmm. Like it was incredible. Yeah. I remember growing up, that's what a lot of guys did. Yeah. You know, they were like, I want some boxing lessons so I can go, you know, beat the wheels off somebody and get some extra minutes. Yeah. <laughs> kind of and, and you will get extra minutes and, and you'll get extra space, right? Like, yeah. uh, like if you really learn respect about, like, that way. Yep. And that's well, the way hockey was. Now it's just like 100 miles an hour, keep up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, he's absolutely jacked to that guy. He's jacked. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and also, no one said no one like he swore no one said the word fuck more than anybody than him <laughs> on the show i would yeah, i would Allie. put my house on it i would put my house on it i'm telling you <laughs> but he was like awesome interview came in shot the shit with us like yeah he was awesome man i mean that guy knows his stuff man he does and like i could see him definitely uh a coach a head a head coaching job him and his brother and I think I think wherever they end up, wherever Mark ends up going, he's going to bring Matt with him, because Matt knows hockey too. Like, and Matt was one of the toughest junior C players mm-hmm. in in his era. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. Well, well, I, just, I just I just love seeing the local guys just do awesome, especially when it comes to being the quality hockey players they were, and then going and. Uh, adding that to their communities and and you know what i mean 100 percent. like that's how i feel i mean the hockey world has given me so much and that's kind of why i'm in coaching now like i, I right. want to have the opportunity to, to give back and you know like professionally I, I coach on the female side but i still do a lot of development work with with youth teams with on the on the boys side so i kind of hit both sides of that and it's it's just it's enjoyable I've, i love it i absolutely love it it's just so much fun and um, it's always nice. Like I work with, um, you know, post-secondary age players right now on the female side. And then, I, you know, every once in a while I'll get to go out for like the, the U 11 boys group with uh, one of my buddies that coaches in town here. And then it's just like those goofy little bobbleheads out there smiling. Like you can joke around with those kids and it's just a blast, right? It's a nice change of pace. And, you know, so there's those kids that are super eager sponges that just want to soak up every single word you say. And then the other kids, you got to fight for their attention. So it's a whole new challenge when you do that kind of stuff compared to, uh, you know, the, the level that I'm at. I mean, there's still a little bit of that at times, but. <laughs> hey, okay, you- let, let me, let me ask you a question, Chris. So is it easier to coach girls than it is to coach boys? 
I a hundred percent think so. Yes. yes. It's just detail oriented. Um, in, in my experience, are they not more sponges than, yeah. than boys? Yeah. Would and you, would you for, not for say the most part, for the most part? Yeah. Uh, in my experience, the girls are just, you know, they, they don't maybe grow up watching hockey every day. They don't grow up playing video games. They don't like know every single player on every team. Right. Like, you know, it's starting to change now with the visibility for the female game and the professionalism of it. That's, that's coming around, but um, that's the difference. In my opinion, the boys just understand the game better, but the girls, you can teach them way better because sometimes you get the boys that are like, Oh, I know everything. And then they don't want to listen to you. Right. But right. then the girls are just eager to learn. Like they, that's been my experience at, at least. So um, to, to your point, yeah, hundred percent. I know. You know, all, side all I'm thinking about them, Chris is standing in line and you got, you got five boys standing in line and you got five girls standing in line and they're waiting for their next position. The boys yeah. are kicking each other's feet out and they're punching Getting each other. At each other yeah. and they're, they're just being dicks, right? Like, yeah, but the girls, they're, they're, just, they're, they're raring. They're ready to go. You know what I, Does that make sense? Yeah. No, to that point, um, like I've, I've started a spring hockey program out here or help run a spring hockey program out here central Alberta Longhorns. Um, I was coaching two different teams. I had a, I had a girls team and I had a boys team like U13, uh, U11, sorry. And there's this one kid that just never listened. Like the whole time he's doing exactly what you said, Rob. He's like poke, you know, pushing the skates out of his buddy from underneath of him. He's like cross checking him in the head like yeah. punching him and like undoing his straps. And one day I'm up at the board drawing a drill and I see him out of the corner of my eye. Like he's fucking around, not paying attention. And I'm like, I got him. I got him here. And I'm like, I won't name names. But I'm like, hey, buddy, like, you know exactly what we're doing? He goes, oh, yeah. I'm like, okay, explain the drill. And he fucking nailed it. Oh, he knew it. <laughs> like, he was not paying attention for one second. And that freaking kid, like, he, he detailed the drill exactly as I explained it. I'm like, yes, you're right. I'm like, let's go do the drill now. You're probably like, you fucker. You probably thought, <laughs> thought you had him, eh? And then he caught him with his head down. Yeah, yeah. In the trolley tracks, but no, he... Reverse uh, hit you. Stay in your lane, boy. Kids like that, they absorb everything. They can be just fucking around, but he absorbs everything. I don't even need to listen to the coach. I got yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that sucks. <laughs> it was funny. Though. It was humbling, I guess, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we skip over LaSalle, you actually played with one of my buddies there, Mike Scoobs. You played Sl- with Scoobs Saligny, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. fucking so good, that guy. He's just silky yeah. smooth. Yeah, man. I, I was there for, I think, I kind of, I was like player, player, coach, coach. Um, that's kind of where the I, I ended up packing it in. Um we won the Sutherland Cup. We won all, all Ontario's the, my, my second year there. I came back halfway through, and then 2009, 2010, uh, we had a pretty stacked team. Uh, a lot of good players, like Ryan Baldwin, came back from the Spits, and just no, you can't, you couldn't mess with him, right? He could beat you anyway. He could outskill you. He could out out muscle you. He could beat you up. Like he could make you look silly. Um, Sleggs was the same way, tough as nails, man. That guy, like we had such a stacked decor. Like he was incredible. Um, like just a beauty of a guy too right like yeah. he's he's so fun to be around and oh, you yeah. know and then he could just turn it on and 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 you know you, you weren't getting by him you know and you no one was stronger than that guy um 
you know, and that was like, we had a pretty, pretty old decor, like uh, Dave Sharp was, was one of our D men too. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget this. Sorry. Uh, we were in the playoffs. We were playing St. Mary's and, and Seth Griffith played, uh, played for St. Mary's. And I remember Sharpie just like, he separated his shoulder on the play and then played the rest of the playoffs and everything with it. And he just strap it down. He came across the ice and he knocked out Griffith. And then that kind of turned the like caught him in the trolley tracks he was dangling he was a first year like 16 year old and sharpie just tuned him and then that i think changed the whole kind of trajectory of the series because we were kind of battling uphill at that point um and then we came back and we ended up going all the way and winning it like we played saint thomas in the finals that year and that was a battle they had a bunch of really good skilled big good, tough aggressive players and like that was a grind Mm-hmm. Like that, that whole experience was, was, was pretty fun. And I got to do it as coach. Like I played half that year. And then I had, like I mentioned, I had concussion problems and I uh, was fortunate enough that the coach at the time, John Nelson's like, Hey, like, you know, you're, you're an older guy on the team. Uh, you know, the boys respect you. We like having you around. You can't play like, well, what, what do you think about coming on the bench with us and kind of being like player coach, like the, the liaison between the two. And um, that was kind of the, where my coaching career kickstarted at 19. It was my 19, 20 year old year. So that was uh, kind of the start of and led me to where I'm at now, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because by by the time you were 21, 22, you were on the bench with the Addies, right? Yeah, I was with LaSalle, I think, for two years after that season. And then uh, we actually got to be bringing that, um, that whole process of bringing that program to Amherstburg with uh, Greg Primack. He had, he had coached the Vipers for... Uh, one year that I was there, he, he was on staff and he kind of, yeah, he asked me, he's like, you're a young guy, you want to get into the coaching, this would be a perfect opportunity for you. So that was kind of a, a really cool experience to see, you know, the administrative side of it, the fundraising, the community engagement, all the pieces that, that go into building a successful program. And, you know, I got to coach there for a year. My my younger brother, Cody, was on that team for, so I got to coach him, um, which was a pretty cool experience as well. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. So, so that was the old um kingsville team that moved there right yeah the comments i'm not exactly sure what happened there um but they kind of they sold it to them and amherstburg started up a new program with the that new arena I don't, how long ago was that arena built that's a nice oh. facility there but it still is yeah yeah it still is um so they wanted to bring bring it to an area that maybe had a better draw zone right because you can get kids from LaSalle, you can get kids from windsor it's a little bit closer than kingsville right so um but yeah that was a lot of fun yeah, because those guys got a good squad over there too. They battle here and 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 town all the time. Them and the freaking threes go at it all the yeah. time when they play each other. It's always good hockey games. Yeah, is is you were still involved in that? Uh I'm not sure. No, no. Yeah, he might not. He's be done now. now. Yeah, yeah. Wants to join our wants yeah. to join our podcast. Yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah, he's one of the ones who wrote in. Definitely. He's so he's the third man. Oh, boy. Well, we have what what we did. Is <laughs> I we, said, well, this is all I need, Chris. Yeah. Is two fucking ants on here. So we, so we, we, we threw out a thing, and yeah, Wes was one of the ones that wrote in. So there was like six or seven so far that wrote in. We're gonna wait another week or so, and then we're probably yeah. gonna start like shooting the shit with these people. But don't worry about that. Yeah. Um. So after yeah. fuck you, Wes. After, so after <laughs> um. Amherstburg, you went on to the University of Windsor, correct? Yeah, so that year in in Amherstburg, actually, uh, I forget how we got connected, but uh, a guy named Mike Heikinen, he's a 
He's a Windsor firefighter. Mm -hmm. um, he was the other assistant coach in Amherstburg, and he had a connection with uh, Jim Hunter, who was the head coach of, of the Windsor Lancers, the women's team. And uh, at the time, Jim, like it, it, Jim was a part-time coach. He was working full-time for Bell Canada. And the one of the practice times that they had, he couldn't make it. So he needed a couple guys to go uh, run one practice run one practice a week so uh we took that on and that's kind of how I got involved in that and then the next year he asked me to come out and, and join him so I, I got to coach there for three years um which was perfect because I was going to the U I was living in Windsor so it was it was pretty close it was just up the up uh, here on church there mm -hmm. um that was a lot of fun that was that was pretty cool like it, the post-secondary world is is totally different than in the junior world like and, and especially that was kind of my first foray into the female side and I'll never forget it. The first freaking day, like first practice, I'm like, okay, like got to make a good, good, good first impression out here. I go out there and step on a freaking puck and like eat shit on the ice. And like all the girls are just like, who is this clown? Like laughing at me. So, <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was one of my, yeah. They, they were laughing at you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you bag skate them? Yeah. <laughs> no. I want to bag skate them. No, I told You're them. Like, them like, Stop it. Like, be like, oh, oh, that's last funny. Take that. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll never I'll, another thing with you know coaching the girls right you gotta you, you gotta be you know change your vernacular a bit uh you know I want to be respectful and and you know professional when I'm talking to them and I was talking to about talking to them about blocking shots and I you know I was like showing them how to do it go down on one knee and I'm like and then you gotta like you know you can put your hands in front of you to protect your and I like looked up and I had like 6d looking at me and I'm like protect your bird <laughs> and they're all like got a coach protect the bird and then like every time they block a shot they'd come off the ice and yell see protected the bird coach yeah. oh, no. looking yeah, after my bird yeah no let me live that one down so thanks <laughs> well it's it, it's got to be so tough right yeah. like yeah. you talk to the guys and you you know and it is what it is yeah. and then you have to even when you go to say it you're like oh yeah yeah, right. so I caught myself in that moment because I looked up and then there was, like I said, the seven, six or seven de defense were just staring at me. And I'm like, I'm not saying that word. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so is freaking coaching something you've you've kind of always wanted to do after you were done playing? Or is it something that just kind of hopped up on you? And you're like, ah, let's just like try it out. Or was that like something you've always wanted to do? Well, you kind of went to school uh, for it, didn't you? Yeah, a little like it, I think a lot of things just kind of fell into place for it and, and it kind of worked out like I again I was playing and you know like any kid growing up you get drafted and you think you're the next best thing and you're going to go play pro hockey or whatever and it, things didn't work out um, and then I got like I said it was kind of a blessing in disguise and in LaSalle there I got an opportunity to get on the bench right away and I also had been doing some skill de development stuff with proven performance hockey with, with the coach of the Vipers as well, John Nelson. So um, teaching was something that was fun and hockey is just, you know, you're passionate about it. Uh, so it didn't never seem like work to me. Um, so um, when I finished my undergrad, I did a criminology political science major. And then I, you know, was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. I'm like, Oh, I enjoy teaching. Like, let's let's kind of explore that and then mm -hmm. uh our our group was the first group that went through the two-year program they the the b-ed program used to just be one and they shifted it to two so we were kind of a little bit of guinea pigs at that point but um you know i was in the primary junior so i was like kindergarten to grade six but thankfully i never had any kindergarten placements because i don't know how i would have handled that <laughs> um but yeah and then like i just kept coaching 
like, like I get opportunities here. We do some spring hockey stuff, you know, more, more, you know, skills development stuff. And it kind of just caught on. I'm like, this is, I get to stay in the game and, and uh, you know, give back to, to a game and then a community that's, that's given me so much. Mm. Um, and that was kind of, that was important to me, right. That, 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 you know, gave me, you know, some, some value in life. And, you know, I was able to add value to other people, like the, the youth, the kids that I get to work with, the, the university players, like it was, it was just something that kept kind of building momentum, I guess. And, Mm-hmm. um here i am now i'm i'm 32 i've been coaching for 13 years i think that that's Crazy. a long time for most people my age like and at a high level i've never actually coached minor hockey believe it or not it's only been junior hockey or post-secondary so by the sounds of it i've missed uh i'm not missing some certain aspects of that like parents can be crazy i've heard some stories and i talked to purse like purse has been coaching junior hockey he's done a great job he's made a good name for himself he's coaching junior as well like he's but I hear parent stories all the time and like, I'm okay with not necessarily coaching minor hockey at times. Yeah. Oh my God. I get to do the spring hockey stuff and the skill development. And then it's, yeah. it's kind of, there's no pressure with that. Right. Like parents aren't going to get mad. Well, they Dude. shouldn't get mad. I hope not, but it's I remember Sunday nights when you came fresh out of fucking junior and like you and like Coxie and like you guys, you, you guys come fresh out of freaking fresh out of there right into Sunday night and like I'm thinking like these these kids come out and they're buzzing all over the place I'm like holy shit and like these guys are taking fucking just they're not even cranking up slap shots these guys are taking snapshots and it's like harder than most guys slap shots I was just like just amazed at just watching you guys take over games because that league is still actually to this day one of the better like men's leagues in in this area anyways and just watching you guys take over games and stuff and the way you guys played together and everything and just watching you guys shoot and everything it was honestly it was fun to watch it was fun to watch i never got to actually play on your squad but i watched you score a lot of goals against us so yeah that was fun i guess (laughs) yeah i love that that was fun for me right like that's with all the local guys that we grew up playing with and then like older group like you guys like howell and deslips and farmer and all those guys like it was that was a lot of fun and it was fun that we we won a couple times too. So and we might have drank a beer or two. Yeah, yeah, a couple of beers. <laughs> Here so now, so now uh coaching at the university level, uh, like are do, do you ever run into parents that are like, hey, I, I don't like the time my daughter's getting. Um so I guess I found a way to mitigate that a little bit, um, you know, in the recruitment process, it's not, I think it's not trial based, right? Like you, you get the opportunity to bring in the people that you want that, that fit the mold that are, you know, kind of fit, you know, the values and structure that, that, that you want for your program. Um, so I, I include parents in the recruitment process. Cause I think it's an, it's an important aspect of it that, that they are included in, you know, deciding their daughter's future, right? Like, are they sending them away from home? Are they only moving an hour away? Are they moving like provinces away? Um, You know, then they can't see them all the time. Like, so I include them in that part, but then, you know, when they're here, I'm like, you're an adult, like, and I'm going to treat you like an adult unless you give me a reason not to. So, um, you know, I I found that that to be successful. So, you know, I I don't, I haven't actually had, you know, in my five years at the post-secondary as a, as a head coach with, with my own program, um, very few parents conversations about that stuff. Um, and to be honest, the couple that I've had, you just, you just kind of dismiss it and you go talk to the kid. I'm like, I, I'm not, you know, I, not that I don't want to build good relationships with the parents. I just like, 
I'm, I'm not, it's not what I'm here for. Like if your kid has a problem, they can come and talk to me or, no, like I said, we're, we're developing them to be confident, competent young adults. And that's part of the process, right? If you don't like right. something, like, let's have a conversation about it. Just we're trying to prepare them for the real world afterwards. Um, and if, if, you know, if mom and dad are going to call, you know, the workforce, they're going to call your boss at work and say, I don't like how many hours my son or daughter's working. Like you're not helping them. Kind right. of thing, right? no, I, I just, I was just curious, like, you know, like going up through the ranks, uh, like, and I'm not talking about the university part, but you know, so many parents, like I, I, I've sat around a table where, um, you know, a 10 year old comes into the kitchen where, the adults are having a, a beverage and says, I can't believe I was on that line. I shouldn't have been on that line with that guy and that guy, you know, like I should be on this line. And the dad's like, where did you hear that? And well, mom said, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that's, that's where it all goes south. Yeah. Yeah. Parents can get in their kids' ears. I guess I've had that. I've, had that instance a few times and I, I've asked that question directly I'm like are, are, is this your you know are these your thoughts and comments or is this coming from somewhere else and then they kind of hem and haw and they don't want to say mom and dad said this but right you no know, it, it, it you know again part of my approach is I want to I, I want you know part of my coaching philosophy is transparent communication like I don't I'm not going to bullshit anyone so don't try to bullshit me I, I expected it expect it to be reciprocated so um it's just building relationships with them and, and, you know, connecting with them as people so that they're not trying to pull a fast one on you. You know, you, you, you earn respect, you give respect to earn it. Um, and I, I found that that's worked for me. Like I said, there's all, you know, there's always that odd parent that kind of, you know, finds a way to, to be the squeaky wheel, I guess. But uh, you know, for the most part it, with, with the program that I've had so far, there hasn't been any, you know, issues like that or parents come to me like complaining about it. Right. So I guess I've been fortunate for in, in that sense. That's awesome. Like, well, you, you got, you got the reins, right? So anybody, so, so you seem to have an open door policy when it comes to the girls and, and, and your coaching style. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, I'll just kind of share my coaching philosophy a little bit here. So the, the first thing I said was transparent communication. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Like if, if we're going to make progress as, as, you know, as myself and an individual and just as a team, if, you know, if we're not being honest about things, whether it's a hard discussion to have, we're not going to make any progress. Um, I'm not the type of person, like I'm sure you, maybe you guys have played sports. You might've had a coach that came in and tear a strip off you and like beat you down and belittled you. Right. And well, I'm a motivator. Well, I, I don't, that's not my style. Uh, this is what's happening. This is where we want to be. Um, you know, let's problem solve let's like let's get through this together like I don't I'm not going to sit here and point fingers and blame people or, or you know say you know you guys are shit because this is happening it's like hey this is the reality this is where we're at this is the realistic situation that we're in how do we get through it and I really try to empower them to to work through it themselves right I, I really I, my approach is I don't want robots that are just going to go through the motions so I want people that are going to be able to make decisions for themselves um and you know learn that way because then they're they're doing i i learned from, through doing a lot of stuff instead of just being told right what's that saying you show a man how to fish you know eat for life or i don't know i'm totally botched it but you know what i'm, yeah. you know what I'm saying i i get what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> or he'll start forever yeah 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 i should have yeah. just tried to work through it and it just would have been a rickyism from trailer park yeah. boys but <laughs> 
then the other aspect is uh, the other aspect is just like self-care and, and developing a foundation of balanced well-being. So, um, you know, at, at that age, you know, 18 plus, like the three key things that they're focused on as a post, as a student athlete is, is their academics, their relationships, right. Friends, family, significant other, and then, and then athletics. So, um, if, if you're not balanced as an individual, like if you're, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, not up to par, you're not taking care of yourself, those three things, you know, those key priorities in your life aren't going to be able to be balanced as well. Right. Like if you, your foundation's cracked or incomplete, you keep piling stuff on top of it and it's going to crumble eventually. Right. Everything becomes overwhelming. So, um, those are kind of the, the three main pillars of, of what we do and what I've, you know, what I believe in. Um, I mentioned it earlier a little bit, like I, my main goal is just to develop confident, competent young women. That's who I'm working with at the, at the moment. And so that they can go add value to whatever team they, they join next. So when I say team, I use air quotes because it could be another sport, another hockey team. It could be a work team. Like you, you move on and get a, a career. Um, you know, we, we want them to go out there and be like, hey, like I learned a lot from this experience here. Um, We've got a pretty, it's, it took a lot of hours, but our process, you know, we do a lot of value-based culture and, and, and leadership developments, um, you know, buzzword, I guess is culture, but it's just in my definition of it, it's just the things that you do every day, right? How you treat each other, how you interact, what you say, what you do. Um, and I think success really is preceded by the strength of the culture and how you can, you know, collectively and cohesively lend your, lend your strengths to one another um and and kind of the process that i we, we went through that i implemented this year it was in i was about july i sent out a questionnaire and just you know wanted some the girls to give some definitions on you know what what being a good, a good teammate meant you know what their definition of adversity and leadership and there's about 20 questions in, in this pack and and then once everyone came together we kind of broke up into groups and i had them all summarize all of their answers. So I took all the names out. So no one knew who said what, but I had them all summarize what they did. And then they came up with four kind of key themes, which was discipline, respect, purpose, and well-being. So um, what that enabled us to do was like, it gave the girls a platform to manage themselves, right? With a team, uh, any team, like there's always going to be conflict and controversy and issues. And um, it just really gave them some key things that we, we all agreed upon that those were their words, right? Those are the things that they wanted. So essentially they decided how they wanted to be managed themselves. And um, then we just enforce it. Right. So when you have to have a difficult conversation, it's, Hey, you know, I don't feel, you know, this, your actions here were respectful. And then it's like, yeah, you're right. I wasn't, and you, you can't challenge it. Right. It's not, it's not someone's like personal opinion. where like, I just think you're being a piece of shit. And I hate you because I wouldn't do it that way, mm -hmm. right? It's like, hey, we agreed upon these things. And it, it, our team was really successful with it this year. Like this, this was, um, you know, we won our first playoff. Like the program I'm with is pretty young. It's only it's in, going into its eighth year. Um, and, uh, you know, they'd never won a playoff series. They never won a playoff game. And we made it to the finals and we ended up losing this year in the finals. So that was pretty big. And it was just you know we started with 24 players and by the time we got to playoffs we had 15 wow. <laughs> like we can dress 20 um we lost players uh, academic ineligibility injuries um you know just any any number of things people just chose you know i guess ultimately my goal is to create a culture where it's if you're not a good person you can't exist there and we had, we had some people that just couldn't be there 
And, you know, I mean, I didn't, I, they said they didn't want to come back after Christmas. I'm like, all right, we'll move forward. It was kind of that addition by subtraction thing. Um, and like, I, m- I remember one game, we, we won our playoff series with nine forwards, four D and one goalie. Wow. And usually you've got 12, six and two, right? Like you've got 20 dress. We had 14 dressed that game or 15 dressed that game. So it was pretty incredible that the team rallied around, uh, that and they believed in themselves. And like I said, like that whole process, I think had a really big impact on it. So I know that that was a long-winded answer, but <laughs> that's that's what we that's what we we've kind of you know functioned off of last year, and that's what what allowed us to to be successful. Hey, you just kind of started a new job kind of recently, didn't you? I did actually. It was just announced today. Um, I'm going to be the head coach, interim head coach for the McEwen Griffins. Um, so that's the U Sport level. So the old old college was in the ACAC, the Alberta Collegiate athletic conference and then now McEwen actually was in our conference and then they went up to U sport two years ago so they're okay. fairly new to this to the to the Canada West division so it would be you know if, if we had a national championship we could play University of Windsor Guelph kind of western mm-hmm. or just a, a different province and that's still the ladies like side of it right women's, yeah women's hockey okay. still yeah okay I love that you're just working the fucking game out there man the like lady side of the game because i kind of like the where it's headed now like it's 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 on an up right it's on a big up like probably what 10 15 years ago you probably didn't really hear a whole lot when it comes to women's like whether it be college or whatever you didn't really hear a lot about it now you're starting to hear a lot more about it which is a good sign for hockey yeah, absolutely. I know, I know you had a couple uh, Team Canada Olympians on a little while back there. That was pretty cool. I listened to that one. Um, but yeah, the women's game is blown up, right? And 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 honestly, like we, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Rob, um, you know, the game isn't so physical. I mean, it's still physical, but it's not like fight and smash and bash everyone. And it's like the game's gone to, like the men's game is almost kind of transitioning a bit towards the female game because there's, there's no body checking in women's hockey, but there's there's contact, like that's one of the skills we teach is angling to contact. If you're traveling in the same direction and you cut their hands off and separate from the puck, like, right. You can check the stick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I teach them how to body check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you rub them out. You can rub yeah. them out. Yeah. You can like, play physical. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but have you tried uh, that Rickyism? Uh, what goes around is all around. Yeah. <laughs> just, and it's just water under the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cake. Rob's been, been over there just smiling ever since you said that. The Ricky is. Yeah. <laughs> and I, was, I had I had a hundred of them, but then he keeps he keeps talking so intelligent. I keep forgetting them all. <laughs> hey, so what about off the ice? So what do you like to do off the ice when you're away from the rink and all the hockey chaos and everything that you're doing? Like like when you you're like all alone by yourself. Yeah. Like what um, do you like to do? Well, I'm. Full transparency. I'm, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I like to read books. I'm a professional development guy. I like to like, I like culture stuff. Yeah, it's just what I've, I've done in my whole life. I don't know. I mean, honestly. the nicest way though. No, it's all good. So, uh, so this is what I wanted to ask you, Chris too. Uh, like I, I get it. That, so like, do, do you read coaching books? Like, do you read like, you know, like coaches that have written books about uh, their style, their, how the, to get the best out of, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've actually, one of the best books I've read and, and I really recommend anybody that's in a coaching position 
to, to read it. It's called The Barcelona Way, How to Create a Culture, or I forget exactly. It's like it's got a subtitle to it, but it's called The Barcelona Way. Um, never was a soccer fan growing up. Like I never played soccer. I played hockey and baseball strictly and probably threw out some soccer jokes along the way too, right? But um, just the way that they- Like pussy, like whatever. Like I, I don't mean <laughs> the it- whole diving way, thing, like, The whole pansy, diving thing, the whole diving thing. No, you get hit and you stay down or, you know, you see them sell it, but whatever. That's- um, no, that that book itself, I've gotten so much information from. So yeah, to answer, to answer your question, that's probably the best book I read. Like Legacy is about the All Blacks, the, the New Zealand, uh, the the rugby team. Like that's a pretty incredible book. Yep. Uh, there's a movie. There, I, I saw the movie. There, there is a movie. I didn't yeah. know. Yep. I just added something to my list to do. Thanks, Rob. Yep. <laughs> Who's the yeah? I read now? that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I grew up like my dad my my dad introduced me to like star wars and lord of the rings when i was a kid so i got into reading all those books um so sometimes i do a little sci-fi um mandalorian yeah mandalorian no <laughs> I love that. Really could that. never yeah. get into that shit man i could never get no? into oh i like that I shit a star trek guy but star wars i got into no i so i i grew up watching star trek with my dad like like the og star trek you know like yeah yeah <laughs> you know like like that right like but uh you know and, and then uh what is his name uh spock the new, the new captain kirk now captain kirk oh i don't know i like i said i never really got into it oh it, it's it's awesome it's awesome i love it but a- anyways jesus way God. off topic <laughs> but like <laughs> i i i, I tend yeah i tend to go to left field on the on these on these interviews so that's all good but that's what i do yeah i like to read um like i said earlier um when we've got some off time we court and i like to get out to the mountains go do some hikes go see the you know get some views like we've got some pretty incredible photos like i've just got a whole photo album on my phone that i want to get blown up into canvases and like you just put them up around your house because they're it's just so incredible um and then you took the picture so it's kind of cool too right mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I, i'd be the one at the base of the hill taking the picture like, yeah that's awesome <laughs> or find someone else's photo right and, and then and then and then post it on my wall <laughs> so send me some pictures yeah <laughs> it'll be awesome i think your nice. inbox after the after the interview <laughs> so yeah i do that i like to keep you know i, I try to work out take care of myself just so i you know i, I can be like i, I really stress the, the strength and conditioning side for for the hockey because it's it's really important nowadays especially you know you're not hacking darts between periods or drinking beers at intermission you know like care senior league but uh, like if i if i want to be the if i want to be the model of that i, I need to you know kind of put the boobleys away yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> practice what i preach snaps right? open a boob lay right at the beginning like that's probably the worst uh opening thing ever. <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna tell you something though here's my favorite drink though i do gin bubbly uh, a little bit of spicy pineapple ginger beer with a lime in it and some ice oh you like to lose your underwear <laughs> oh is that what happens with the gin <laughs> i drank gin once <laughs> And, and that's what happened. Underwear? I had no underwear for the rest of the year. <laughs> not just the night, the year. <laughs> no, not just the night. I lost all my underwear. Jesus. Uh, that's never but happened. This has been so awesome, Chris. Like, uh, we're, we're so glad uh, that you've come on the show. And, uh, 
you know, we, we wish you the, the best, uh, the next season coming up and, mm-hmm. uh, I hope you keep in touch with us. And, and, uh, I, I, I think that, uh, you really got this dialed in for these mm-hmm. girls. Yeah, man. This I see been, a championship in your yeah, future, bro. This has been a long time coming you on the show too. Like I know you and I have shot the shit a few different times about it, but then we just couldn't line up our times and everything. So I'm glad now that we finally did. You are welcome anytime on the show, dude. Good luck. And um, we'll be like following you for sure, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Like I said, it's always uh, good to give to support local. I mean, I guess I'm not technically local there now, but, you know, grew up in the area and I you know I've known you for, for a long time. And um, Rob, also, you know, just by association through other people too. And um, yeah, be more than happy to come back on. I got lots of stuff I can talk about. You never even got into some, st- I know Purse was talking about his Mexico stories there. <laughs> <laughs> but are these stories that you can talk about on the podcast? Uh, probably not. Listen, listen, no, I'll just I'll I'll just add one thing there. Like he forget he left this part out. Um, couple things like the night before we went there, we had our our Christmas Secret Santa. So it was a we. I don't think anyone even slept that night. Uh, we just went straight to the flight. Um, so it was battle to say the least. There was a couple couple drinks that night and boys had some fun but like like he went into detail of it like the food was a totally different experience i remember one day we uh geez we found a mcdonald's somewhere in the middle of mexico city and the boys just went nuts <laughs> oh, yeah. like, 37 cheeseburgers yes. yeah. <laughs> everything you got give it to us that's <laughs> hilarious man <laughs> Fucking great. Yeah, that's, that's so awesome. And I want the big bag of French fries. Yeah. yeah you, know, you, guys have, you know, White Castle does the 30 pack. I want that for that McDonald's. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, that's all. If, if the food was that bad, that's all I would be eating when I was yeah. in Mexico. I would shit my brains out. Because I, I went, I went I to, uh, I went to the Dominican. And the only thing that I could eat there was their chicken and French fries. Everything so like other, other than breakfast, right? like they, yeah. they make yeah, the eggs scrambled and eggs, your yeah. omelets and, and shit like that. But, but like anything else was just bland. Like it was so bland. And they're, they're like, bring your ketchup packages, bring your uh, Frank's red hot, bring your, like, just to, you know what I mean? Make, make it okay. Yeah. You know, you know, the, only, the only trip I've been on like that, I, he, Mike Houston got married. He did a destination wedding at St. Lucia and the the resort we stayed at had some pretty incredible food, but we actually did an excursion and we went off site. We took this boat and um, we, we did like snorkeling. We went and did these like volcanic, like mud bath thing. And then like they brought us to like a farm restaurant so all of the food that we ate there was grown right on site and like it was incredible I, we don't even know what we were eating we're just like that looks good that looks like a giant arancini rice ball they're like oh yeah like be careful with the hot sauce it's really hot and it was freaking hot like <laughs> it, it was but it was so flavorful. like everybody had the shits yeah one of those you're shitting and you're sweating you're on the shitter nude just sweating your balls off <laughs> like the resort had a bunch of pools and stuff right you know rents like terry ryan yeah oh yeah we were hanging out the one day and he for some reason a pool noodle floated over to him he decided to do a beer bong out of it and then he had stomach flu for like the next two days <laughs> no <laughs> rents. no rents yeah. oh my god um, so he didn't come on the excursion he missed that part 
Oh my yeah. gosh. Hey, do you got a funny story about our boy uh Brandon there? Do you got anything on him that would be funny to tell? Des? Yeah. Oh here's one. Yeah. I, I, I shared this at the at the funeral there too. And it was it's just the one I, I don't know, I'll never forget this. It was just such a Brandon moment. It was so silly. Like so we were we went to Nashville for his bachelor party. Uh it was during like the week of St. Patty's Day, so like we picked a really good time. It was okay. pretty, pretty. It was no fun actually. Like yeah. don't, don't terrible don't time. Yeah, yeah. there's zero fun. <laughs> um, but we we had like 14 guys that went, so we rented we had like Airbnb, two different condos, so we like they're on different floors in the same building. So we allocated one as the party room and one as the one as the like the the downtime room. If you wanted to just go take a nap or you had too much fun that day, you had to go into that room. Mm -hmm. um, and we were just out, I don't know, it might've been the first or second night, like it's all a blur really. Um, and it was like a three level bar. It was early on the strip and like he and I walked up and we're just like, all right, man, like maybe we should mix a water. And so we go to the bar, we're like, Hey, like, can we get a, get a, a glass of water? And we look at each other. We're like, and a beer and a shot of tequila. So we sit there, we do the shot, we chug the beer and then we go out on the patio there. And we looked down and, and Coxie, I think it was Pat and uh, I don't even know. I think Jordan Howell was down there too, or somebody, oh, yeah. I think maybe, maybe De Slip, Dylan Deslip. And I, I look up and I'm like, Hey Coxie. And I dropped my glass. It was a plastic cup full of water and ice and it just missed them. And then Brandon, you know, his laugh, right? Like that. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> he does that and he goes and drops his, but as soon as he goes to drop his, um, the bouncer looked up and saw him do it. He's on the mic right away. He's like, Pan hat, third floor, get him out of here. Oh, so no. we see this happen. I'm like, Bez, we, man, we got to get out of here before yeah. we get manhandled by these giant bouncers and dragged down the stairs. So we're walking down the stairs and they all sprinted up and they see us and they grab us. And we're like, no, man, we're like, we're walking ourselves out. It's all good. It's all good. And they just obviously roughed us up a bit and pushed us out. And then we just went to another bar and, you know, carried on with our nights. Did the same uh, thing. Yeah. And then there's actually another one. There's one really good one. I, I this is another funny story, man. And I this was I sat there and watched him do this for like 20 minutes. So it was at Coyote Ugly. It was like at the end of the strip. The bar's kind of like you walk in, it's like a long strip, and then there's like a sidebar with like some seating and stuff in the bathrooms over there. And right in the middle, it was one of those punching bag things. You know oh, those boy. things where they yeah. put the how hard you can punch. So he was just standing there. He just, he had like four or five beers kind of on the, on the shelf on the counter there next to him. And he was just hanging out and he was just like, he's just, you know, there, bizarre, like unassuming. He's so, such a good dude. He's just like, he'd make eye contact with someone and he'd like put a dog, put a, put, put money in the machine and like press it and be like, okay, you're up. And the guy, would go, the guy or girl would go hit it. And he just be like, and he would go headbutt it harder than most of those guys were punching it. <laughs> <laughs> I could and see him doing that. Him down. And he just stare him down, right? Like he was, that was a lot of fun. And man, like, yeah, like I, I wanted to say like, thank you guys did an awesome job, you know, bringing him on here and, and, you know, letting him share his story. And that, that guy's going to be missed a lot. Like he was one of my best friends and um, just an incredible person. And, um, you know, he was going to be in my wedding and mm -hmm. obviously he didn't make it. And Amy, Amy still came out and that was pretty special for us. We set up, uh, we got his whalers Jersey. We still set up plate or a, a, a setting for him and mm -hmm. got a photo of him and set him up there. And the whole night caught Troy Cox. He's like, Oh, I, I gotta give, I gotta go get, bring Brandon a beer. So at the end of the night, there was like six beers and a coffee <laughs> at his spot there. And so we kept bringing him drinks all night. It was kind of cool that, uh, you know, Amy got to come and be a part of that. So mm. the funniest part is I could hear that, that laugh. Yeah. 
because <laughs> uh, we've heard it so many times over the years right so yeah. but yeah that's a great way to end this chris great way to end this so um thanks again man like can i, I, can I just say luck. i i yeah. just need to say one thing about sure. so i i never i i never got to meet him like uh the way you guys did but uh we we set something up like so we had him on the show and it's like we got to interview this guy and i'm like i'm down i'm i'm so down so we get him on the show and he ends up being one of my best friends you know what i mean like in in the matter of an hour that's him that's the right. guy right yeah but i'm the same guy too right so next thing you know uh, i it's like well we need to bring him on again i said yeah but like okay so let's do that but in the same time I said, I'm going to grow my hair out while you're going through your chemo and all that stuff. I said, and then uh, like when it comes right down to it, I will let you cut my hair. I said, whatever you want. And he's like, can I cut a big penis in it? I'm like, no, you can't cut a big penis in it. Fuck sakes. Yeah, I said, but, response. Right. So he, he shows up and, and this is the first time I meet him. And this is, this is kind of during COVID, but he, he doesn't care anymore. Like he, he's just like, fuck it. Right. So I shake his hand and he's like, what do you think about a mullet? I'm like, <laughs> well, it's hockey season, bro. Let's go. So Ant, Ant has video. I don't know if he has it anymore, but I'm sure he does somewhere, but he cuts my hair and then we put it. I, I'm wearing the Brandon's Army shirt and I do a slow mo fucking. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll get, I, I don't yeah. know if it still has it, but I'll send it to you. And it, it, it was just look at. it was funny priceless because how, so, how it like started is we did it kind of like a thing where Rob was like, was like running his mouth to me about his hair and stuff and i was like oh yeah well i brought in a friend and then i like panned over the camera slowly and it was brandon standing there and then he just started fucking cutting rob's hair it, it was one of the greatest Incredible. moments i ever got to meet somebody in my entire life you know like uh just a total beauty and the only thing i regret of of his funeral was that I didn't I didn't go up and say anything to his wife. I, I'm not I, I I have a really hard time with it ever since my mom passed. Mm -hmm. And she, every time somebody went up to her, she was bawling her eyes out. So I didn't I didn't want to add to it. But if there's an ever another time that I can go and talk to her, I will definitely tell her that story about my first time meeting him. Yeah. She'll love that. And I'm sure totally she's going to, I'm sure she's going to listen to this and, and, and she'll know. And I, I just didn't want to put more on her plate. You know, mm -hmm. that's all. I sat in the back with Sacker and just, I watched all the people come in and you know what I mean? Like it, it was a really tough time. It was a really tough time. Yeah. That was a, that was a long week, but yep. he, he would have wanted us to, not mourn and, and be all sad right, right? Like, so and we, i didn't want to make his wife any sadder than she already was so yeah yeah, yeah. it was good and b's just yeah like i said uh, we 
I think about them all the time, and I'm sure you do too, and I'm sure Rob does once in a while. And bro, there's just, no there, bro. There's not yeah, a day that goes by yeah, that I don't think about. Uh, him. Yeah, he, he's just one of those there's guys. Not a day that goes by that yeah, I don't think about him. Yeah, he's just one of those guys. He just he, he was aces. He like yeah, leaves he an reminds me so much him. of soccer. Just 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 a good human being. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I would have loved to talk to him every day. And fuck cancer, by the way. Fuck. Yeah, we'll throw that in. So Lem, once again, thanks, brother. Really uh so good luck. Stay in touch. And uh we will sit down and rock this out again soon, buddy. For sure. Looking forward to it. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you uh, inviting me on. The Ace of Spades. The <laughs> Ace of Spades. I gotta ask my dad. I gotta ask my dad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks, Chris. See you, buddy. Yeah. I've lost my father